0: Welcome to Easy Big Takes, the podcast, the podcast where we read you the one star reviews of your favorite movies and more. I'm Kat. And I'm Riley. We're continuing our Brendan Fraser moment, and we watched Journey to the Center of the Earth. Did you watch this
1: movie as a kid? Yes. I saw it in theaters once. In 3D? Um, I don't remember it was in 3D. I do remember it was in a theater I'd never been before. The floors were sticky, there was a baby crying in the movie. Was it the Dollar Theater? The Starplex? This was some theater somewhere in Dallas. I don't I couldn't tell you where. There was a couple arguing during the movie. It was one of those things where you could hear them loudly loudly whispering to each other arguing. I don't what I don't know. And it was one of those situations where someone goes, "Shut up." <laughs> and they go back like, fuck you. <laughs> it's one of those incidents where it's it's automatically hostile. <laughs> it's so it's so hostile. Like when we went to go see um, Beauty and the Beast. Yes, it is. It's One of my favorite things is seeing how aggressive people will get in movies. You get mad when you pay for something you're seeing and someone's being an asshole and talking. So you get pretty pissed off about it. You, you know, you might tell them to shh or something like that. And that person, because their ego is slightly hurt, They're going to go berserk. No one likes being shushed. No one likes being shushed. I was watching 1917 and I was sitting in between this old couple that were like laughing during this movie. Like, I remember this. Yes. It's like one of those. I'm like, oh, like, I don't know. I don't know what movie they thought they were in. The gay old times. (laughs) Yes. It was very odd. And there was a younger couple. On the other side of me, I was in the middle of this, this dude from the younger couple gets up, goes around, you know, passes me to the couple, and goes, You guys need to lower your voices. And the the old man goes, excuse me, he goes, You're excused, and goes back and sits down. I was like, hell yeah. And it's one of those things, for the rest of the movie, I could hear the old man going, <sighs> Now I'm kind of slightly laughing because of the situation that's happening in between me. After the credits roll, the old man gets up and he gets up against <laughs> that younger dude. Like he like he gets really uncomfortably really close to him and goes, next time you want to talk to a lay like that, you can meet me in the parking lot. Okay, grandpa. Yeah, it's one of those things that the dude, you know, the younger dude's like trying to keep cool. His, he has to grab his girlfriend, because his girlfriend goes, oh, I'll show you a par- <laughs> I'll show you something in the parking lot. And it's just like, he had to hold her. He had to hold her back. <laughs> it was insane. That was sorry. That had nothing to do with Journey to Center Earth. No, it's okay. I enjoyed it. It's just a movie theater experience. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movie experiences. <laughs> I have a lot of those. I love a lot of those stories. They're my favorite.
0: My favorite movie experience was The Conjuring 3. It was <laughs> the first movie that I saw in theaters after the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew how to act in the movie theater. <laughs> there was two children in the back before the like the littler one i'm gonna say six years old maybe mm-hmm. i don't know conjuring three mm-hmm. sure take your kid there oh god that's- when, when the trailers were rolling after every single trailer the six-year-old and i thought it was hilarious every time would go is the movie gonna start yet <laughs>
1: so impatient
0: and then his sister during the movie was barefoot walking up and down the stairs the whole time. And then the people next to me, they must have been on a first date because the guy would like whisper something to her and then she'd giggle.
1: Mm -hmm. And I was
0: like, I would look at them every single fucking time. And I was like, can you shut up? (laughs) Like, I am trying to watch this
1: terrible, terrible movie in peace. (laughs) I love it because we should have an episode where we talk about our just movie experiences that we've had. Yes. Because I have a ton of them. I've already talked about me throwing up during Avatar. Yes. (laughs) I have like three right now I want to tell, but I'm not going to. (laughs) I feel like our families both like went to the movies a lot. Oh, yeah. That was like a prime like uh, activity that we did. Yeah. We went to see a a movie every weekend. Like, every Saturday, like, we were seeing some movie. Yeah, literally. I think that's the only reason I watched Journey to the Center
0: of the Earth. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, this movie came out in July of 2008. Um, It has an hour and 33-minute runtime. It was rated PG, and it was heavily marketed to be in 3D at first. Like, it was, like, Journey to the Center of the Earth 3D when it was first marketed, but they dropped the 3D part of it because people were like, ew. It had a $60 million budget, and it earned $244.2 million. Okay, so
1: it did pretty good. I was not expecting it to do as well as it did, so good for them. Because, you know, 3D three D movie tickets. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty expensive, but also, like it's, like, it's a kid's movie.
0: I'll get into some of the marketing when we get to the trivia, because there's some tidbits in there about that. So, if you don't know, the plot of Journey to the Center of the Earth is... During an expedition to Iceland, Professor Trevor Anderson and his nephew Sean and their guide Hannah get trapped in a cavern. As they follow their only escape route, deeper and deeper below the Earth's surface, they pass through strange places and encounter incredible creatures, including dinosaurs. But as volcanic activity around them increases, they realize they must find their way out soon. This movie was adapted, sort of... They referenced the book in it. It was adapted from the 1864 French novel by Jules Verne of the same name, which also had a 1959 film adaptation. But this one, you know, this this movie takes more of a like, oh, the book was actually nonfiction the whole time approach
1: to it. How I was watching this movie. I was wondering like how much scientific crap that they're just saying and none of it is even close to being true. I'm I'm gonna bet about like they're saying words like thermal heat. But are they using it correctly? When Trevor says, like, the scientific name for, like, a butterfly, I'm like, is that what it is? Is that what it is? They're, they talk about this rock that they fall there. I'm like, is it, is anything in this movie, even remotely, I want a percentage to know, like, is any in this movie even close to being, I don't even know what the word I'm trying to find, scientific. Accurate? Accurate. But real. <laughs> um. <laughs> there's some there's some reviews that get into oh
0: cool that a little bit and there's one that even like i didn't include a whole lot of it uh-huh the last critic review i have is very nitpicky mm-hmm. and like lists is like discrepancies with the movie and even has like a science fact at at one point so yeah we'll get there but let me just get through this stuff and then we'll we'll get into it sorry i just <laughs> it's been bothering me <laughs> yeah, you're good i had the same thought i was like They could literally just say anything. This movie's rated PG.
1: That's what I thought they were doing. (laughs) Yeah. But
0: this movie was directed by Eric Brevig, who is not known as well for directing and is known way more for his VFX work and was actually VFX supervisor on um, Men in Black, a few Spielberg movies, um, Signs. Nice. And on Maze Runner. The screenplay was written by Michael D. Weiss, who... Could not find a lot of writing credits for him that I recognized, but there was one that's called Cult of Fury, and it has a 2.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Cool. Okay. So I'm interested in looking into that one. Yes. <laughs> and then the other two writers are Mark Levin and Jennifer Flackett, who are actually both writers for Big Mouth and The Adam Project. Oh wow. Cast: Brendan Fraser as Trevor, Josh Hutcherson as Sean Anderson, Anita Briem as. Hannah, Seth Meyers as Professor Alan Kitsons, which was
1: so random to see him in this movie. It jarred me. I was like, that is Seth Meyers. Oh, my (laughs) God. I laughed really hard. And he's a villain. He's a villain. He's a jerk. (laughs) He's a
0: douchebag in this movie. Um, And then Jean-Michael Paré as Maxwell, who is Trevor's brother. And his wife, Elizabeth, is played by Jane Wheeler. And Jean-Michael Paré was actually in the movie Snow Dogs. Who does he play in that? I just remember Cuba Gooding Jr. being in Snow Dogs.
1: Yeah, that's the only thing I remember. Didn't he do something? He got arrested recently. For what? Uh, Bad, bad stuff. Ah. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, oh he was the other dude who was racing. Oh. But I just thought that was interesting that he was also in Snow Dogs, because I loved that movie as a kid. I watched
1: that movie way too often as a kid. I
0: did too. We had it on VHS. I think we wore out the tape. <laughs> it. <laughs> but- <laughs> some fun facts slash trivia about this movie. They had three 4D rides at three different amusement parks that were used as marketing for the movie. So they the rides opened before the movie came out.
1: That makes sense. Cause like the rail, the the mine train, yeah. But the three places that
0: had this ride were Stone Mountain Park in Georgia. Dollywood, <laughs> and Weston Super Mare Grand Pier in the UK. And additionally with the 4D, in Seoul, South Korea, the film was, res- like, the whole film was released with the option of watching it in 4DX, which had tilting seats, sprays of water, wind, sharp air, probe lighting fog, and other theatrical elements, mm. which sounds like something I would throw up in. It sounds it 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 sounds like it's gonna be too intense because 4d is only for like 20 minutes. you can I can't do anything more than that. I'm gonna get I'm, well if
1: I get keep if I keep getting sprayed with water, I'm gonna get annoyed. I'm gonna get pretty no its so, it either sounds like it's gonna be too intense or it's gonna be really really crappy. Have you ever been on a 4d ride?
0: No, really Not even the ones that were at like six Flags. It's like those ones with the seat moves and there's like a video playing and it's interactive.
1: I have, and my theory is right. Those were really crappy rides. <laughs> They're not fun. I have, like, a weird fear of them. Because I'm like,
0: some, I feel like someone's going to grab me as a gimmick or something, you know?
1: <laughs> you see a spray
0: bottle and my hand just comes like against <laughs> you. Well, I was scarred by the time when my family, my whole family got, had to leave this, this 4D ride. Because it was too much for all of us. The Bugs Life 4D ride at <laughs> Disney World. We went when I was, like in a stroller still. I don't know. I, I feel like this was my first memory was leaving this because my mom took my stroller and took me out and like left my siblings in there because she was like, I can't do it. The You were underground with like the cricket when the crickets break in or the grasshoppers or crickets. That's pretty horrifying. Yeah, the grasshoppers. That sounds horrifying. And they had like spiders drop down and they had like, it, it felt like someone like touched your ankles i couldn't feel it i was in a stroller i would lose my mind we all left
1: we couldn't do it (laughs) that's oh disney took it too far yeah well all seems to do and it's designated like it's made for kids and families i feel like that's like the worst that's a nightmare whoever's in charge that ran haunted houses yes that's who built that yeah there was a ladybug right outside. Like, how could you do
0: that? <laughs> how could you do that? <laughs> how could you do that? Uh, but the last trivia fact that I have, the exact same year, the exact same month, a straight-to-DVD movie of the same name came out, and it was a closer adaptation to the 1914 novel At the Earth's Core by Edward Edgar Rice Burroughs, but nobody who made the, the film, like, movie theater one, had anything to do with it. It was the same exact title, same same thing, exact same month and year, except that one was direct to video. Like it was straight to DVD movie. That's weird. And I only figured that out because when I was on the Wikipedia page for Journey to the Center of the Earth, it was like not to be confused with the straight to DVD Journey to the Center of the Earth. And I clicked on that and I was like, Why did these come out at the same exact time? (laughs) How is that legal? Maybe because it wasn't as close to the journey to the center of the earth? I guess it's just because it's the
1: same thing, same concept, that it's really not a legal issue. Okay, so what are your thoughts and opinions on this uh, film? I, you know, I saw this movie once in that theater, so I don't, I didn't remember a lot. Me neither. So I was just kind of watching it, and it's very much a children's movie. Yes, very cheesy it's very cheesy very silly very goofy i'm still stuck on how unrealistic everything is and when i said earlier like is anything accurate i know dinosaurs aren't living underneath us i know that's not (laughs) a thing so i'm not stupid i just want to know if there's a single thing a single sentence that anyone said in that movie that was factually accurate i don't know if that's possible i don't know if that's true i don't even know what to look up to figure that out i don't even know i would have to watch like a youtube analysis i feel like
0: Yes. Well, you know what? I'll make it. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it on the Easy Big YouTube channel. <laughs> what if I did an in-depth video essay for every
1: episode we did? I mean... <laughs> Should I start that now? <laughs> if you want to. It's it's like with this podcast. I, I love that we watch movies and come back and talk about them. This is one of those movies I wish we could watch, not like live, but like, together like together and just have comment because this is one of those movies where you can have commentary in it and it still be funny in the moment i wrote down a lot of stuff i'm like i don't even remember what happened during that scene i did take notes though i did take notes yes okay so you you wrote some notes down about what you thought first thing i wrote because right off the bat it's the there's cgi in it because he has that dream and it is i forgot how bad cgi can get like i can like picture like Like, little kid cartoons. I can picture those. I understand that. When movies actually try, it's back in the day when they tried. And they're like, that was the technology back then. That's what looked real. And so shocking. Because my goodness, it's
0: bad. For a movie that was so, like, heavily reliant on computer graphics, Mm
1: -hmm. kind of a low budget. There's literally a scene where it's, like, the rainforest behind them. And it looks like a video game. Like, a crappy 90s video game setting. It looks... Bad. There's a scene of Joss Hutcherson and you can see like the outline of his cheek, that blue. You can see the blue screen. (laughs) You can see the blue screen along his cheek. I think I know exactly which part you're talking about. It's really bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Production on this. The director was literally a VFX supervisor who's worked on some really good visual effects based movies.
1: That's disappointing. It's so that's kind of disappointing to hear because I was like, wow, they just they just wanted to get this out there.
0: Yeah, maybe he was just like not involved in the VFX part. I didn't look fully at all the credits he had on the movie. But like that that is kind of disappointing as like somebody who's like known for their VFX work.
1: Yeah. So I would say with this movie, I don't usually notice bad like production. Like I like I see bad stuff. But for me to comment on it, it's gotta be really bad. And this is one of those movies where It's really bad. A lot of it was the lighting. The lighting on the people. Lighting was harsh. It did not match. It didn't match anything. Production on this movie was really bad. Lighting was terrible. CGI was really bad. We'll get into the other stuff later, but... Yes, yes. (laughs) I love when when you can tell a movie was made in 3D back in the day. Yes, that that comes up a lot. Okay, Seth Meyers holding that measuring tape. I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Because the way he holds it, I hate how he held it I won't get into it I just didn't like it no I know exactly what you mean there's a lot of stuff in that movie
0: that just very clearly just there because it it was made for 3d
1: exactly Like the way through the yo-yo, the fishing, the fish are jumping at the screen like, ah, you know. It's so funny when you can see that in a movie because it looks so weird. Is that even a thing anymore? Like they don't make that, do they? Not really, no. No one, no one advertises it anymore. Kids movies, maybe they
0: still have the option of having it in 3D. Mm -hmm. But no, I don't think movies really revolve around
1: it. Adults don't care about that. No, they don't. Like it was a thing at at first because it was new. Shark Boy and Lava Girl? That's the only movie I can actually like remember seeing it. Coraline, I saw that in three D. Oh, was it? Yeah, but I remember seeing Shark Boy and Lava
0: Girl in three D. I still remember what the glasses looked like because mm-hmm. that's when they were paper, and they had like
1: specific glasses for each movie, and they were Shark Boy and Lava Girl three D glasses. They were pretty cool. This is a small little bit, but you know that part where he realizes the nephew's coming over, and he has to cl- he has like fifteen minutes to clean up his four-line hoarder house <laughs> apartment. <laughs> I found it very relatable because I've been in that position of I have 15 minutes to clean up. Yes, I I only clean when people are coming over. Same. I I,
0: I deep clean. Yes, deep clean. I keep it tidy for myself.
1: We, we keep it a little bit tidy. We clean up. A little bit. So I had a big question. His brother Max is the one who like left behind the book. Mm-hmm. But he was gonna go discover the center of the earth with Icelandic lady's dad, right? With Hannah's dad, yeah. With Hannah's dad. My whole I have two questions actually. One, how did the book get back to him if he died down there? I think he left a copy behind for his son. Well, okay. Here's my other thing too. So him and his brother were working on the same kind of stuff together. Why did the brother go by himself? Because, okay, Trevor's
0: not a field reporter or a field researcher. That's why. He's, in, he's a lab researcher. Oh.
1: That's why he said, I hate field work, like at the end of it or whatever. Okay. Yeah. That makes a little bit more sense. Okay. I was wondering that because I thought the brother left, like, excluded. No, no.
0: It was like his, his brother was a field researcher and- he was a lab researcher. That makes
1: sense. Okay. Because I did, I thought, I thought the brother's being a dick, but, but he's not. <laughs> he left him out. Yeah, I thought he did. I thought he was like, oh, well, I don't understand why he's not mad at his brother. <laughs> That's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, I would have been really like mad. But how fucked up to pull funding from someone's lab because their brother died? I know. Well, he tries to justify it by saying like, he's been gone, what, eight years or something like that. It's like, don't say it. Don't say it like that. That's horrible. It's still awful. Is that all you had? That's about all I had.
0: You covered a lot of the stuff I had. Okay. One thing, do not remember a single bit of information from this movie mm-hmm. prior to rewatching it. It is very cheesy. There are so many lines that I'm just like, why? 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 I wrote down two that I thought were funny. There's one where... uh Sean at the beginning when he like first gets to
1: Trevor's apartment and he's like, as long as you TiVo family guy, we're good. If you have Mountain Dew in the fridge a TiVo family guy, then we're all good. I That was really funny.
0: That's all I needed as a middle schooler or however old he is. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> uh, And then the other one
1: was direction is my sixth sense. He said a lot of goofy stuff like that in the movie. Mm-hmm. He was a goofy character in this movie. He balanced between being like the action hero and like kind of a nerd he was a nerdy rick o'connell yeah it was kind of his name was jimmy in the movie which i thought was very funny is that right his name was trevor where did i get jimmy from i don't know because i could i thought the brother in the beginning went jimmy as he was falling into the lava i was like okay that's Richard frazier's character i guess no his name's trevor I, what did I pff- did he say Lizzie I don't know his wife's name is Elizabeth maybe I don't know I thought he said Jimmy and so the whole this I did not listen to a single character call him Trevor then.
0: oh one other thing one other thing the Hannah Trevor relationship thing seems so forced
1: oh yeah I just I knew that was gonna be oh we need a romance oh mm. <sighs> They always do that. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of the that part of it. I was like, oh, cool. They they kissed. Ha It's like, it's the little kid in me that wants to fast forward
0: through. I'm like, ugh, enough of this garbage. I don't know what it is because like with Twilight, any any of the romantic scenes, I was like, no. It's the secondhand embarrassment. I think we're just not PDA people. I no. guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally watching these movies alone. Like I don't. It's the secondhand
1: embarrassment. I don't know why. Do anything else to add before we move on to what the critics have to say. I have one line that Brendan Fraser said. It's like they just fell off the mine cart and uh, Sean finds a hole behind the, sh- the mine and Brendan Fraser, because he's just getting up after falling, he goes, there's a hole in the wall. <laughs> it's just, I don't know why. <laughs> he just made me laugh really hard because it sounds almost country. I just thought it was really funny. I just wanted to share that one. I also like the line delivery of, your track's about to end. <laughs> yes. he The way he delivers it in this movie is fantastic. If you want to watch amazing... Delivery of not even like great lines, but like just the way he delivers himself—it's an art. He puts his heart into those shitty, shittily written lines. He really does,
0: and it's 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 entertaining to watch. We'll move on to the critics. I got some from more recent ones and ones from when it came out. You know, see how the movie aged for critics. So two things that they all mentioned, and I'm not gonna mention them again except for with the very last critic I have. Every single one of them mentioned how they had like the Indiana Jones minecart gimmick Mm -hmm. and then the 3D gimmick and how that like hindered the movie. But the first review I have is from The Phantom Tollbooth and was written by Marie Asner in 2008. And Marie gave this three out of five. The review starts with, quote, Although the story presented in this film is barely short of preposterous, Brendan Fraser carries you along with his enthusiasm for the chase and on a thrill ride that can only say one thing, theme park ahead. End quote. Uh, Asner says that the thrills in this movie are much better suited for a younger audience. And just mentioned the fact that the director, Eric Brevig, was a former special effects expert and that the one underwater scene was frighteningly realistic, that Fraser is a likable comic adventure person with a childlike quality that draws you in, and the movie is, quote, a fun ride, end quote. Oh,
1: that's a sweet one. I agree about the F- Brendan Fraser comment.
0: I think almost every single one of them mentioned Brendan Fraser being, like, basically carrying the whole movie.
1: A really fun lead. Yes. He really is.
0: The next review I have is from Real Film Reviews by David Nusserr. Written in 2020, they gave this movie a 2.5 out of 4 and said that the biggest hurdle that this movie had to overcome was the low-rent atmosphere. Also saying that it had laughable CGI and that the action sequences would probably work better in a video game. The cast carries the film and that this movie is, quote, forgettable,
1: yet basically entertaining end quote okay that's the best that's probably the best one kind of forgettable but basically entertaining that's a good way to describe this movie because i watched it like
0: a few hours ago i forgot a lot of it
1: you don't have to remember a bunch from this movie
0: really though the next review is from flick philosopher and was written by marianne johansen in 2008 did not leave a rating for this movie but says that this movie does not try to pretend to be any other than what it is. Brendan Fraser does a good job at keeping us not bored and that he morphs from like, uh, like you were saying a second ago, from like absent-minded professor into Rick O'Connell. Quote, you'll have completely forgotten the entire experience before the credits are over, but it's fun while it lasts. End quote.
1: (laughs) It's so true. Like, I don't know why they're getting so accurate about the description of this movie, but they are It's pretty forgettable. But I I remember being somewhat
0: entertained during it, you know? It's like the stuff we've talked about before. Like, your brain does not have to be on to watch this movie. No. If you need something mindless to watch, but you don't want to watch reality TV, watch Journey to the Center of the Earth. Mm -hmm. I'll do it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It made over three times what the budget for the movie was. It it was a
1: success. Absolutely.
0: And the last review I have is from Manapop and is written by Mike Brooks in 2021. Mike, he gave this movie a 6 out of 10. So I wrote down the science fact that Mike included. Quote, in neither this movie, nor the 1959 version, nor the source Jules Verne novel, does anyone get anywhere near the literal center of the Earth? If this was the true center of the Earth, our heroes would have been crushed to death by the enormous pressure of the Earth's center.
1: It's it's none of it's possible. Because it's like it's like when you go underneath the... A ocean like in the dark part in the ocean you can't you have to be pressurized in a submarine or something yeah you can't go down there by yourself no a discrepancy that brooks had with
0: this was that hannah's backpack having enough rope to propel three people down 200 feet just one 200 foot rope weighs 80 pounds so if she has three in there holy shit they said, quote, she'd need to be Captain America to carry that much weight around with her, end quote. That's hilarious
1: because I was also thinking that. I was like, she has a lot of rope. I remember there was a, um, a scene where they're looking at this incredibly tall tube that just gets darker and darker in the distance. She goes, is that the way out? I'm like, how are you getting out of that? How a rope do you... <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? What are you talking about? How is that the way out? Are you an expert rock climber now? Like what? It's just, there are so many lines like that. I'm like, really? Quote, Implausibilities
0: aside, the success of Journey to the Center of the Earth hinged on the likability of our leads, but this was clearly Fraser's movie. It's his goofy and charismatic charm, that helps the viewer swallow much of the outlandish events that occur during the film's 90 minute runtime. End quote.
1: True. Very true. I totally agree. He did. He carried the movie. He he made it fun.
0: Yes. Two things before I get to the very last quote that uh, this reviewer had. They also mentioned the 3D in this movie and said that the The 3D harmed the movie. It dated it quite a bit as like two people who watched it Mm -hmm. recently. And this reviewer watched it again in 2021. Also saying that they were forced and distracting, Mm -hmm. but they did think the flying piranhas were cool. That's fair. Mm -hmm. That's pretty fair. After that, they mentioned the sequel with The Rock. Uh, Journey 2 Yeah. whatever the fuck the rest of the name of it is <laughs> Brooks ends the review with overall this is a fun adventure film that never takes itself too seriously and aside from the few forced 3D moments which look even weirder when watching in regular 2D the movie is a visual feast and the modern special effects utilized to bring this exciting undertaking to life are quite breathtaking at times end quote
1: yeah if you thought that was nice good for you you know what I'm not gonna take that away from you <laughs> do I agree? no all the critics had it about right it's forgettable
0: but it's entertaining while you're watching it brendan fraser carries it the 3d was stupid those are really like the top three to summon all of oh yeah that is that is pretty much all you need to know going into this movie but let's get into some of the audience reviews okay so the first one i have is a 10 out of 10 from imdb and the title says why not (laughs) (laughs) and it is from 2018 the frames tell a story one example, when Sean's greed leads to the demise of the character's individuality, after the freefall scene, Trevor and Sean swim to solid ground rock, which I believe symbolizes a pivot point and shows their relationship is solid. As the mountain guide struggles alone in the water, she can no longer be independent anymore and is forced to accept unity. Once all three of them reach solid ground, the luminous birds they interact with reflect the true beauty of their relationship and shine a new light on their situation.
1: I love this because what they said makes sense, but I know whoever wrote, the person that wrote, the the three people that wrote this movie had not put even a hint, even close to a thought of that meaning. That person went to film school. I know they did. Were you required to write this? Yeah. Oh my gosh, in no way did any of the writers even think that hard. I don't even think the book tried to do that. I don't think it did either. (laughs) That is so impressive that that person just pulled that scene. This is what we think we're doing. Oh, we don't even come close to doing what this person just did. (laughs) Holy crap. I hope this person makes video essays. I hope they do because holy crap, that was awesome. I totally agree with what they said. Do I think it was purposeful? No. I do not think that movie was even hinting any of that. It was all an accident. Oh, yeah. If it was, like, I'd be very... I was not thinking that hard. If I was forced to think that hard about this movie, Mm -hmm.
0: I don't even think I could come up with that. I don't think I could either. I don't think either of us are really symbolism people when we watch movies. I don't think we are either.
1: Unless it's like the point of the movie. It's gotta be pretty much in my face. Exactly. There's some things where I can see because like, you know, I learned a few things and I could point out a few things where like, okay, that's supposed to mean that all this usually means that I'm not usually that insightful (laughs) in a movie. I'm not picking up on that level of
0: nuance in a movie. Like good for them. Because I think I'm more personally more interested in like the behind the scenes aspect of movies Mm -hmm. than I am with meaning, Mm -hmm. unless it has like a really cool way of getting to a a meaning. Mm -hmm.
1: But I cannot watch a movie like Journey to the Center of the Earth and pull that out. I can't do it either. Good for them, for them, for that they can do that. That's impressive. I hope
0: you make video essays or, like, write film analysis or something, because that's pretty impressive.
1: That was the most impressive review I've ever read from a movie like this. It's pretty embarrassing as a film student to be saying this, but, like, I would have not thought that though. I am not, I'm not thinking, like, I'm not thinking about those things. But anyway, we'll move on to the next one. It's from Letterboxd.
0: This is a two-and-a-half-star review from 2019 that says, Brendan Fraser yelling is my form of ASMR. That's
1: fantastic. I think it's also peak comedy. Brendan Fraser yelling is pretty funny. I love hearing him yell. He has the perfect yelling
0: voice. He does. We can move on to the next one, which is from Google reviews, which we do not use very often. But this is from two months ago. Has one star and says, bro, why did they make a sequel called Journey 2? This one wasn't even called Journey. It was called Journey to the Center of the Earth. Uh, Why would they use Dwayne Johnson in Journey 2? It's a good point, though. Why'd they call it Journey 2? I am confused by that, too. It's just Journey 2. It's like Journey to the island of something, but it's like the number two.
1: Oh, I never saw it as a kid, so I can't really say anything about it. I think I saw that one, but
0: like I said with this one, no idea what happens.
1: That was a more recent one, isn't it? It was, I think it came out relatively
0: soon after the first one. Oh, really? Yeah, another letterboxed one, star and a half. From 2021. No, Brendan Fraser, don't go to the center of the earth. You're so sexy. Aha. Uh-huh. This is why I love Letterboxd. It's, it's just the stupidest reviews. and. one from yesterday, <laughs> April 19th, 2022. That it's three stars. And it says, Brendan Fraser punches a plant in this movie.
1: I love that. Because I love it when he does like the back punch. <laughs> That's probably, as a kid, I thought that's the coolest thing you could do as an action hero. Punching behind you. Oh, uh, what, what was that? Uh, I think as a kid, I tried to use like as an accident, like, oh, I just did this on accident. <laughs> <laughs> hey, woke up behind me real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I did.
0: Oh my God, that's so funny. Okay, next one, two stars, uh, 2018. Brendan Fraser is the goofiest actor, and I love him with all my heart. Aside from that, this movie was kind of awful. The whole 3D gimmick ages horribly and the plot is nonsense. That being said, I was rarely bored, so I can't say I hated the film. Also, Seth Meyers is technically the villain and I find that incredible.
1: Okay, that's a good review right there too. (laughs) Also, it's weird that Seth Meyers is in this film. I think it's weird. It's so out of place. It is. I'm not saying he did bad. It's just, why are you here? (laughs) Was he on SNL at that point? He might have been on SNL. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, okay. I think he had just replaced Tina Fey on um, Weekend Update.
0: Yes. I miss enjoying SNL. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, I do too. The last time I enjoyed it was when I was like 12.
1: Well, that's when everyone was still on that was, you know, I'm sorry, good. <laughs> I mean, but that's
0: the thing. Everyone thinks the era they grew up watching
1: is, is the good era. Well, ours is. I don't know what to say. We had Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> Wait, he's still on there. I'm pretty sure. I he is he's... still on there. He, I think he's been the no. Keenan Thompson's the longest running cast member. Bobby's been on there for a long time though. Is Keenan still on there? I thought he was because I thought he was leaving, but then I think he renewed. I don't know. Let me. As of January third, I think he's the longest tenor cast member in the show history. Keenan Thompson. Now in the seventeenth season. Yeah, Keenan Thompson.
0: Bobby Moynihan must have left.
1: Did Bobby leave? What
0: season are we on? Forty seven
1: god i don't i don't even know okay (laughs) let's go back let's go back to what we were doing yeah Um,
0: (laughs) okay next review two stars letterboxd don't ask me why i watched it i don't have nostalgia for it and i know that it isn't a great film i just kind of sort of like brendan fraser oh that's why we watched it yeah yeah right on the money Mm -hmm. okay the next one two stars 2021 Okay, so objectively, my adult brain understands that this movie isn't at all, isn't all that good, but the incorrigible child brain inside the adult brain still believes it to be a masterpiece, so I'll go with my grown-up brain for now, but deep inside, I still love this movie.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. You don't have to dislike it just because you know it's bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so the next one is from Google Reviews. Two stars, from a year ago. A lot of unrealistic stuff. Like... You are standing on thin stone. Get off of it. (laughs) Don't do so by walking through the
1: middle. So frustrating. I totally agree. I don't understand. I don't understand why they just didn't lunge off. You know, like, oh. (laughs) I wish they could see what we're doing, but no.
0: (laughs) One day when we figure out how to upload the video. Yeah, no kidding. The next one is a three-star letterbox 2021. It's an okay but forgettable CGI-fueled adventure flick elevated by one of the last notable appearances from Brendan Fraser before his tragic divorce and decade-long hiatus. It's good to have him
1: back now. Aw, same. Yeah. Totally agree.
0: Yeah, that was a sweet one. A lot of the Letterboxd ones were very sweet. It's team Brendan Fraser on Letterboxd.
1: Okay, so the next
0: one, three stars, 2020. It's really a shame that I never saw this when it came out. I would have been nine years old then, and this movie includes dinosaurs, roller coasters, and cool facts about rocks, all of which were entirely my shit at that time. I'm more different. I'm more indifferent to cool rock facts now, but I still love roller coasters and dinosaurs, so I had a lot of fun with this, despite the fact that it's kind of bad.
1: I, I'm. I was that same type of kid. Love dinosaurs. Love roller coasters. What kid doesn't like ro- dinosaurs or roller coasters? I was more of a shark, shark kid myself. Sharks and dinosaurs kind of go hand in hand because sharks have been here. They've been here before the dinosaurs, so... They're water dinosaurs. Yeah, they are. They, they, literally, they are. Okay,
0: next one. We have a last two reviews. Five stars, 2017, from Letterboxd. The boy got away from a meat eater, in parentheses, T-Rex, and I liked the plesiosaurus for saving them. I liked that they didn't get hit by lava rock, and I liked that first they were safe from dinosaurs, and the plant ate meat, and the boy saved the girl. They got back to where they started from, they made a boat.
1: That sums it up. That does sum it up. I love how they put Meat Eater and Princey's T-Rex. They couldn't just write T-Rex. I love that. Because that's like, it might be a Land Before Time little uh, thing. Probably. Okay, so last review, 10 months ago, five
0: stars, Google review. Considering that it's the first of its kind, not Avatar, it's pretty good. I find it to be fast-moving a lot of the time, but I still enjoy the movie despite some cheesy lines, acting, and maybe some overly fake CGI. I wouldn't compare it too much with the second movie since that one came out later, and so improvements were of course made with these things. The movie is not perfect, but it's a 5-star rating because I think the overall plot and storyline is a unique take on a story such as this, based off a very classic novel— where elements of the novel become very important. And that is nice to see since I am a book reader and like that element and homage to the novel that inspired the film in the first place. Yes, it's a little cheesy, but it's a good cheesy and fine for families.
1: All these have been really great. I love how they're, all, they're honest, but they're also positive. It's my favorite kind of review.
0: Also, um, they, they mentioned the... It was the first of its kind because I think it, I don't know if it was the 3D and the CGI or the type of CGI they used or something, but it was the same that Avatar used. And this movie actually used it before Avatar. Wow. OK. They Didn't do the best job, but they did it first.
1: They did do it first. <laughs> they sure did. They sure they sure did use it first.
0: This was a very um, low stakes movie to review. A nice break from the usual people being misogynistic mm-hmm. and mean. I think people were a lot less snobby about this movie than they were with the bummy. I think it's interesting that both of these movies had like some tie to a classic form of media.
1: I just love how everyone just like embraced like this is a goofy movie. It's also a children's movie. So just don't it's not supposed to be that serious. Yeah, I think that's probably part of it. I don't. No one's going on here going this is the worst movie in the world. I'm like it's a children's movie. So <laughs> you can't really say it is. It's not
0: for you in the first place. A lot of the letterboxed ones were, from what I gathered,
1: people who were a kid when it came out. Probably,
0: yeah, were a kid when it came out, watched it as a kid, and then mm-hmm. rewatched it. Even the critics were pretty fair. We didn't really get mad at a single critic.
1: <laughs> no, this, yeah, I was. It was a mellow episode. We, were, I agreed with everyone my blood pressure is normal right now yeah i'm not
0: heated (laughs) my face is warm but that's just because i'm i've been talking (laughs) yeah uh do you have anything uh, added thoughts or anything no i
1: want to rate it we switched to out of 10 out of 10 last episode just for brendan (laughs) (laughs) so we'll keep we'll keep up with that what do you give it i'm gonna give it it's a bad movie but I still I still like Brendan Fraser in it. Just a good 5 out of 10. You know, right in the middle. It's good for what it is. It's forgettable
0: yet somehow entertaining. It is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I would agree. Five out of ten as well. Mm. I also don't have anything to add. I think every single review, critic or audience kind of summed up exactly what I felt about this movie. I would recommend watching this if you just like, you know, you're having like a lazy day, you just want to lay around and watch a movie or you get home from work, you need to turn your brain off. Yeah. Watch Journey to the Center of the Earth. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been Easy Big Takes. I'm Kat. And I'm Riley. Easy watching out there. Bye.